Welcome to Everyday Buddhism, making every day better by applying the proven tools found in Buddhist concepts. Welcome to episode 54 of Everyday Buddhism, making every day better. You know, I've been trying to put together this podcast episode for more than two weeks now. And the original working title was Goodbye 2020. You get it. Out with the old, in with the new, a new dawn, new hope, all that. And as a warning to those who write reviews, comments, or send emails saying that they cringe when I express any political leanings or even mention current government events, I'm about to make a statement that may trigger you. My original thought for a New Year podcast episode was a focus on hope. And some of my sense of hope was founded on Trump and his administration leaving on January 20th. But, as many predicted, Trump had no intention of conceding the election loss or leaving peacefully. And so here we are, almost exactly two weeks into 2021, and it is revealing itself as a more violent and horrifying continuation of 2020. The domestic terrorist attack on the Capitol and deaths from covid are rising at a ghastly rate with expectations that the next few weeks, and maybe longer, it will keep getting worse due to holiday gatherings and the more contagious virus virus mutations making their way through the country. But you know, I vowed to finally put my thoughts together and record this episode today. Today, I'm recording it on January 13th. I celebrated my 68th birthday on January 11th, okay, two days ago, and I've spent the last few days in reflection and, well, letting myself just be, letting my thoughts go and just being in the moments of my life. That was my present to myself. But today, I need to dust myself off and keep going. I admit It has been an uneasy peace for me, and I wasn't sure I could be a presence of peace, so I kept myself away from the microphone. Truthfully, I have been filled with anger. Truthfully, I still am, and as more and more is revealed about the events of January 6th. But instead of looking away, I'm looking at that anger. I'm not pushing it away. I'm not burying my head in the sand where it seems peaceful. I'm staring down my anger. I'm staring down external events, trying to find a way to incorporate it all, all of it, into the bigger meaning that I take refuge in, into the Dharma that gets me through every day, and the Dharma is the truth of things. That's what the word dharma means. Truths. 
truths, not lies, not false peace, but truths, the truth of things as they are. I'll share some thoughts that have helped me during the last week since the riots and murderous violence at the United States Capitol on January 6th. You know, as Buddhists, we are called to compassion. We are called to send the wish, the prayer, of peace and happiness for all beings. And that includes the terrorists who stormed the Capitol, the terrorists deluded by ignorance and all the poisons that our mind can contain. And that includes Trump, also totally absorbed by his own ignorance. And that includes those within the Congress who aided and embedded Trump's actions and who, as it is now coming to light, aided and abetted the very terrorists who killed and injured those serving to protect and those who desecrated the capital of the United States. And we should sit in compassion and we should pray the meta prayer every day so that we don't become the anger and rage that fueled the terrorist impulse. But I do not believe, at the same time, I do not believe it's now time to rush to some sense of false unity. There is no glimpse of unity out there right now. And so rushing to create a false sense of unity is not helpful. It continues to drag the causes of hatred, divisiveness, and anger into the future, into our 2021, by refusing to look at them, by refusing to acknowledge them, by refusing to see things as they really are which is embodied in the first of the Noble Eightfold Path, right view or right understanding, seeing things as they truly, really are. And in that seeing, we must remember that the Buddha never promised a peaceful nor an ordered universe. In fact, he spoke about our human life in almost complete opposite terms. He said, that life is suffering because we grasp to life being something other than it is. Life, reality, is characterized by the three marks of existence, impermanence, non-self, and unsatisfactoriness. The Buddha pointed out that humans are subject to delusion about these three marks and that this, this delusion is what results in suffering. And it is the removal of the delusion that results in the end of suffering. So to quickly move from anger and horror over what we saw at the Capitol on January 6th and to what we are only now finding out about many of the ugly truths behind what happened and what violence is being planned for the future, you know, for us to move from that horror and anger to some sort of phony kumbaya moment is denying the reality of the situation. There are clearly causes and conditions behind what went on on January 6th, 
2021. And for many of us, probably most of us, we saw it coming a long time ago. But if we are to point to one foundational cause, it is ignorance or delusion over life as it is. You know, the shock of the pandemic in 2020, early 2020, made it very clear that most of us woke up every morning expecting to walk into an ordered universe, a place where we feel we have control. You know, the postmodern thinking in the West has been a view of reality as a paradigm of science, reason, and technological advancement. This paradigm denies reality as it is. Reality does not promise us continued progress and advancement without some disorder mixed in. There may be continued technological and scientific advancement, and I, for one, applaud the benefits of that advancement and all that it's brought into my life, including my ability to talk to you here. But hiding behind that paradigm is an expectation, a false promise that life, reality as it is, is quietly working towards the culmination of smooth sailing or order or a lack of suffering or that things out there are getting better and better. This paradigm hasn't served us well at all. It hasn't served our own hearts and minds, and it hasn't served any of our communities. The pandemic helped expose this. Clearly, despite our sense of continued progress, a virus brought the world to its knees. Many of us woke up early in 2020 to total confusion and fear during the pandemic because when our sense of control was stolen from us by this virus, nothing seemed to be left in its place. And that is in part because this paradigm helped us ignore the need to continue to feed our inner world of understanding and meaning. It has helped us to ignore the sense of a connection to something bigger than ourselves. Without correct understanding, without an anchor in a meaning beyond our own little ego selves, we have not been fed the meaning that enables us to keep going. So without that sense of control, we felt empty. We felt we had nowhere to go, no place to stand. We felt lost. Father Richard Rohr, in his book, The Wisdom Pattern, Order, Disorder, Reorder, he wrote, quote, Suddenly we live in a very scary and even disenchanted universe where no intelligence appears to be in charge, where there is no beginning, middle, or end. What's left is merely the private ego with its own attempts at episodic meaning and control, unquote. And therein lies the rub, right? What's left, he says, is merely the private ego. And in Buddhism, we deny that, right? We deny that false sense of self. Oh, sure, we live with it. 
we believe it's there. And, but in, we know from the Dharma, it's only a concoction of, 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 of sense awareness, of perceptions, of emotions, but we feel it's a very strong thing, that private ego. And I will add, with its own flailing attempt, that private ego tries to find meaning in all the wrong places. It looks outside, it grasps to the outside. It grasps at political parties. It grasps at YouTube gurus, at false prophecies, at elixirs. It grasps at blaming the other for what is happening to our own private meaning. If we can claim, oh, government conspiracies or owning the libs, then we have reordered our universe through this episodic meaning and control that Rohr talks about. Another way some private egos attempt to find meaning and control is by not looking at all or looking through the fog of so-called sp- uh, of a so-called spiritual filter that blocks out or bypasses reality for a pure land delivered to us by a false god, a false prophet, a false end of the world, a false new beginning. War writes, quote, It is easier to look for someone to blame, sue, expel, or expose when there is no coherent meaning or divine purpose in the world. Someone has to be at fault for my unhappy life, unquote. Yet, before we can try to find a new order or try to find the reorder that may be happening and seems to be happening right now in our greater world, we need to sit in the disorder for a while. Most of us, I believe, just want to get back to the old order, I just want everything get to get back to normal order. Rohr wrote, writes about this too. He says, quote, Before we can reconstruct this deconstructed culture, we must be utterly reconnected ourselves. This is the work of healthy religion. Religion is from the word religio, which means rebind. Unquote. Please don't shrink from this word religion. I know some of you are secular Buddhists, and maybe the word religion has some of you running, just like the word <laughs> politics has others of you running. But this is just a, a way to make sense of things for you. Religio or rebind is like ligaments binding. I want to emphasize our need to rebind within ourselves, connect to our insides without disconnecting from the reality on the outside. That's essentially what ligaments do. They connect two different things to make them stronger. If we ignore the outside, our inside has no foundation. If we ignore the inside, our outside has no foundation. There's no binding. Like the Heart Sutra says, quote, gone, 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 completely beyond. Gate, gate, para, gate, para, sangate, bodhisvaha. 
gone, 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 completely beyond. But guess what? That beyond lives inside of us. We can heal if we sit in the confusion, sit in the uncertainty. That's where the beyond lives. Instead, however, our urge is to block it out or run. But it's only when we keep going, even if that going or action is a sort of non-action by sitting in the confusion, sitting in the fear and uncertainty, then we are going beyond. You know, last year in episode 36, I welcomed 2020 with an episode called Random New Year's Thoughts, where I thought about how when we begin a new year, everything from the old year comes with us. Boy, that's never been truer than it is this year. Yeah, but it's typical in, in New Year's. Like, you know, we we think, you know, we're going to wake up in the new year and hopefully banning an unforeseen disaster, the same person we wake up as the same person we were when we went to bed. And in some ways, that's comforting, right? But this year, mm-mm, I don't think it's so comforting. I imagine most of us hoped that when we woke up on January 1st, 2021, somehow, like New Year magic, the pandemic would be gone. And those we lost to the pandemic would be back with us. And our health, our jobs, our kids' schools, everything would be back to so-called normal. And the anger, fear, and divisiveness that tears the fabric of our connections would be healed and gone. But here we are. The stink of 2020 remains. And a new stink of attempted violent overthrow of the government is added to that stench. And it lingers as we enter a new year. I don't know about you, but I woke sometime in the wee hours of January 1st 2021, with the same thoughts that I've had almost every night since the pandemic began. It goes like this. Get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and my mind sort of drifts to, oh, we're still living in a global pandemic. And then I go back to sleep if I can. Yet, there is a way. There's a way firmly founded in the Dharma. There's a way to reframe our reality to neutralize the stink, and that is this. Rather than labeling things that can change our perspective, change our focus to help us make this a new year of promise, rather rather than labeling things, we reframe things. Even in the continuation of the pandemic and even in the ongoing social and governmental upheaval, we reframe things. The Buddha did that when he taught from the very beginning. You know, I shared this story in last year's New Year's episode, but I think it might even be more helpful in this year's circumstances. It's the parable of the mustard seed. I don't think this parable can be told uh, too many times. It's It's not the biblical mustard seed, but the Buddha's mustard seed. In this parable, Krisha, a grief stricken woman, brings the lifeless body of her baby to the Buddha in hopes that the Buddha could bring the child back to life. And he assured her that he had the medicine to fix her grief, but that he needed a special ingredient. He needed Krisha to go and take a mustard seed from any house that had never lost a child, parent, spouse, or friend. And I'm sure many of you know this parable. 
Cretia goes from house to house to house, and of course, there isn't a house not touched by death. And with this practice, the Buddha assigned to Cretia, she awakened to the fact that her grief was not hers alone. It lives in everyone's heart. And that's what the Buddha promised. He promised to help her grief. He didn't promise to bring her baby back to life. 2020 and now 2021 brings us grief and uncertainty. We have all experienced grief in 2020 and now grief and fear in 2021. And some of us have experienced it way more than others. Some have lost loved ones. Some have lost their health. Some have lost their jobs. Some have lost their houses. And all of us have lost our quote-unquote normal, you know, the way it used to be. But it is a journey we all share as we navigate our new disordered world. In the way of the Bodhisattva by Shantideva, he focuses on the challenges of living in a world of suffering while trying to build the view of a Bodhisattva in training, trying to build Bodhicitta, which is the inner wish for enlightenment. Shantideva's writing is ultimately practical, expedient. He points out the real source of living in the hostile circumstances of our world, the is the understanding the basis of our own anger and all the other defilements. The real source he teaches is our sense of self. That's the source. It's that sense of an I, which is experienced as the center of the universe, a universe that is perceived as friend or enemy based on our own egocentric viewpoint. In familiar and oft-quoted verses from the way of the Bodhisattva, Shantideva teaches, quote, to cover all the earth with sheets of leather, where could such amounts of skin be found? But with the leather soles of just my shoes, it is though I cover all the earth, and thus the outer course of things I, I myself cannot restrain. But let me restrain my mind and what is left to be restrained. All those who fail to understand the secret of the mind, the greatest of all things, although they wish for joy and sorrow's end, they will wander to no purpose uselessly. Therefore, I will take in hand and will protect this mind of mine. What use to me are many disciplines if I can't guard and discipline my mind, unquote. This new old disorder that comes with us into 2021 is a journey we all share. Many things on the outside can't be fixed. Some illnesses can't be healed and grieving hearts will always feel a little grief. Shunru Suzuki writes about things that can't be fixed and gives us a really tough answer. He writes that there is only one way. Accept the problem and work on it through meditation. That's his teachings. He said the only thing that really helps is to find some ground to stand on, understanding that you are here right now. It is the disciplining of the mind that Shantideva also wrote about, and it is the reorder that Father Richard Rohr writes about. 
And that reorder is based on understanding life as it is and standing your ground right there and keeping going right there. And we all have some control left, not control of others or what is happening in our country, in our world, but control of our own minds. We need to keep going, but do so remembering where we are is where we all are as humans. The Buddha taught this in the First Noble Truth. He taught that we will experience suffering, but we must remember he also taught that this suffering can be diminished and ultimately eliminated by the power of our own mind. From where you sit, listening to this podcast, you may be filled with hope or despair. You may have pain. You may be young. You may be old. But you are where you are. And we're all here with you. You may look different from where I'm sitting, but I am here right now just as you are. And I can't provide answers. I can't eliminate the external conditions that cause our suffering. But I can promise that you can find some peace by sitting in the questions, sitting in the confusion, sitting in the anger, sitting in the fear. And when you sit with these emotions, you'll sit there and they will wash up and then they will wash out like waves. Yet there you sit, and you will remain in a small shelter of peace that your mind lives. Your mind lives there when it's not chasing thoughts, judgments, and emotions. And I will be sitting with you, and together we will enter 2021. May it be so. That's it for this episode. And don't forget... As usual, you can join me and others in the private donation-supported Everyday Sangha that meets virtually via Zoom every other week on Thursday evenings at 7.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And please consider supporting the efforts of this podcast and related groups by becoming a community member for $5 a month. If you do, you will have access to blogs, members-only podcasts, education series, a private Facebook group, and hopefully more to come. So until next time, keep trying to find ways to make yours and everyone's days better. And I'll be with you.